My name's Lou Blazer, and you're listening to Second Breaks, the show where we talk about transitions, second acts, and third acts, and next chapters, and how we can not only navigate these changes without pulling our hairs, but actually thrive through them. As human beings, we are goal-seeking creatures. It's natural for us to be ambitious and to want things in life. It seems like on the, on the one hand, we encourage people to be ambitious, but then we also have some sort of like funky feeling about it. They've just shifted their ambition and their focus towards something else, and they're fitting something else in. I've always been ambitious about my work, but I have to say the majority of the time that I've been working over my 25 plus year career, I have had things outside of work that I am ambitious about. And frankly, those things have been the things that have often sustained me. Oftentimes people are looking to be more purpose-driven or they start to look at like, well, what's the legacy I want to leave? Sometimes those are weighty terms. So I often just talk about it as like this idea of, well, what do you want to give and what do you want to contribute, right? Friends, I'm quite excited to bring you this episode because it is about a topic that I've always been interested in and focused on really for most of my life. And that is ambition. Now, I was brought up to be ambitious. This was a trait that was encouraged in my childhood, early adulthood, my entry into the workforce, and really throughout my career. But there came a point when I started to understand that there's, there's a, like a negative connotation to the word. Oh, she's so ambitious, especially when whispered in that context or tone of voice, you know what I mean, is meant to be a put down kind of like a negative description of someone. Even so, I have always secretly liked that about myself, that I was, in fact, am ambitious. I have ambitions. And I would hazard a guess that you do too. You may not be using the word, particularly outside the career context, but I would bet that you have aspirations and goals and things you want to achieve or driven to accomplish in life. Here's another thing that I'd bet on. Chances are you are still as ambitious as you have always been. You're just ambitious about different things now, and you go about it differently. You go about it with a different speed in mind, for example, and more likely your demands of yourself have changed. So I wanted to explore ambitions, our changing relationship to it, and how it shows up differently as we get older. I thought, who better to discuss this with? than the person who's been talking about it and studying it and researching it and writing a book about it. My guest today is Kathy Onetto, the founder of Sustainable Ambition and host of the Sustainable Ambition podcast. She is a strategy executive and life coach who is passionate about helping people succeed on their terms at work and in life. Kathy champions being consciously ambitious. I like that phrase, consciously ambitious, and crafting fulfilling work from decade to decade without sacrificing your life or yourself. This episode is a deep dive on ambition. 
how we sustain it, how it shows up in different areas and stages of our lives. We talked about how our ambitions might look like upon or after retirement, and how we can be encouraging of other people's ambitions too. Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. Here's my conversation with Kathy Onero. You use the phrase sustainable ambition, and I was hoping that we could start there. Could you talk a little bit about what that very deliberate phrasing is for you? What, what do you mean by it? Well, it is interesting, right? Because people may think that these words shouldn't go together, that they're incongruous, or that they're mutually exclusive, but I disagree. There's a reason, yes, that I put these together. The way that I talk about it is I think about how we can sustain ambition over time, both across life and work from decade to decade, and not have to give up our life or sacrifice ourselves in the process in terms of pursuing our ambition. So there are a few themes built into this, the idea of defining success on our own terms, allowing ambition to ebb and flow over time, and not having ambition have to be about being addicted to being busy and hustling all the time. Now, another way that I also talk about it, perhaps in a little bit of a practical terms too, is I, I think about sustainable ambition is being about a collection of self-defined, meaningful, and motivating goals that are right for you now and really aligned to your desired effort and sustained energy. So those are a couple of ways that I talk about or think about sustainable ambition. One of the last things that you said triggered a lot of emotions for me when you said goals that are good for you now, because it uh, implies that our goals change, right? The the reason why it, uh, it really resonates with me is that a lot of us, when we, you know, when we were in college and we were just joining our early adulthood or joining the workforce, we were brought up to have this one big goal of what we want to be. But it might not be the right answer for all of our lives, right? Absolutely. I think that this is one of the things that can really create a lot of angst for people. So I often reference around this the brilliance of Michelle Obama naming her book Becoming. In reading her book, it finally dawned on me this idea that, you know, we are all always becoming. And so this idea and this weight that we put on ourselves, really that society puts on us, what is that one path? What are you meant to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, it just puts so much weight on us and it creates so much pain and angst as opposed to allowing ourselves to become over time, allowing ourselves to explore who we are over time. Because yes, we have some core elements of us that remain the same, but we are always growing and changing and or our interests might change over time. Our values can change over time. Like our values don't generally dramatically change, but how we define them can change over time and they can be context dependent as well. And so I think if we were to talk about this a little bit more in our society, I think we, we could reduce some of this angst that we put on ourselves from a young age. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in listening to your podcast, Sustainable Ambition, you know, you talk a lot about ambition a lot in that podcast and the different angles and different sides of it. What I found fascinating is that my own understanding of the word has 
evolved as I listen to your podcast because I think there's an element of, of ambition that is is a good trait to have, to be ambitious. I remember when I was in college and all my mentors are encouraging me to be ambitious, to have great ambitions for myself. Um, but then there is an element of it that could also be on the negative side and that actually there are some people who uh, have a negative connotation or a reaction to someone being ambitious. Why is that? <laughs> Can you talk about that? It seems like on the, on the one hand, we encourage people to be ambitious, but then we also have some sort of like funky feeling about it. You know, I think this is really interesting. I think that there's an inherent trait about an ambition that is this. It is yes and. It is both good and it can turn bad. And I think that that's why we can have these different perceptions of it. Depending on the lens through which you're looking at it, it can start to carry a certain connotation. So for example, just to say, ambitious women are generally not viewed as positively, say. Or when ambition, you know, a lot of times when people think about ambition, they think of the 80s movie Wall Street, and they think of the term like greed is good, right? Yes. And so there is a reality around in terms of the research that I've done in that, you know, we as humans, as human beings, we are goal seeking creatures, it's natural for us to be ambitious and to want things in life. And the research shows that when we are ambitious, guess what? It leads to what we're kind of looking for It generally leads to success and certain outcomes of things that we're going after. So that's the good side. And yet there's also evidence that there is also a bad side. There is something such as unhealthy striving. And when we start to strive too much or in a way that starts to erode some of the things that actually make us happy. And so this, I talk about dialing in ambition and really kind of getting it right. Part of that is that you know, kind of Goldilocks getting it just right, you know, and importantly, getting it just right for you. It's it's almost like our habits or our, or our mindset or how we go about it that gets us into that tricky, not healthy, you know, unforgiving side of things almost, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I look at kind of three elements around sustainable ambition, right ambition, right time, and right mm -hmm. effort. And I think each of those can have an element of starting to go a little unhealthy, if you will. And so t we tend to, when we're striving for ambitions that are purely just externally driven, at mm -hmm. some point that typically catches up to us. It's not uncommon mm -hmm. for people to kind of, at some point, realize they came to something, some achievement, some ambition they were going after, and they realize, oh, I'm not fulfilled by this after all. So sometimes that's just because, you know, some of the biases that can be at play or how we have a tendency to not enjoy things as much, you know, the good of how things feel when we achieve them, it mm -hmm. erodes over time. And so that can happen. But when we are only going after things that are externally driven and we haven't found ourselves in them, that mm -hmm. can also catch up to us and people can get disillusioned by that. You know, so it's kind of like some people during the pandemic that were kind of like, I'm over my ambitions, right? Well, they might have <laughs> been, you know, <laughs> externally driven. 
the the time piece is kind of when we're trying to do it all and we can't discern and this is not easy to do and I know it's hard to give things up but you know when we are trying to do it all and we get overextended that can also be a component of it and then when there's effort so to your point when we're going after our ambitions in a way where it doesn't sustain us you know it's therefore inherently unsustainable right i mean yeah. it can become unhealthy in that regard exactly as you were talking about the whole, you know, right ambition, right effort, it just hit me that in our society, perhaps, that there becomes this comparing of ambitions. You know, it's bad enough to have ambitions that are sort of like imposed on us by our parents, by, you know, what are other people's expectations. But then, and then we, ha- we compare our ambitions almost with other people. And I just realized that I've actually, in my younger years, have done that, actually, in fact, Um, especially in corporate America, when you have structures, you know, and you're striving to get to the next ladder. And you're realizing, inherently, you're comparing yourself to how fast you are achieving your ambitions. For sure. We definitely do this. And it can cause, again, that's part of the angst (laughs) that can be caused as well, is that kind of comparison. I sometimes joke and say, keep your eyes on your own ambition. We, (laughs) we are, (laughs) you know, are all on our own timetable. And, you know, it's kind of also this idea. I, I sometimes point people towards, if you think back in school, Lou, even like people like think about just grade school or high school or what have you, and you had some people where like they really weren't into school, right? And yet when they stepped outside of school and they actually found the thing they were really interested in and they were, they got really into it and they got ambitious about that, then they, you know, reached a level of success that was congruent with them, right? So sometimes I think when we're comparing ambitions, I think we can get ourselves off track a little bit in terms of, again, getting into the space potentially of not um, being happy with where we land. Now, the one thing I do want to just say around this, though, uh, which I probably should have started here, which is to also be kind to ourselves around this, because this is a normal phenomenon, right? We look to others to help guide us in terms of what's normal, what we should be doing, And there are normal adult stages of development where, you know, that people have defined where typically the majority of adults are really operating from what's called a socialized mind, if you use Dr. Robert Keegan's model around adult stages of development. And so it's not as many of us adults actually that end up stepping into, you know, a more self-authored mind and starting to make some of these choices that are more our own. And so it's just to say just be kind to ourselves when sometimes, you know, sometimes we look back and when we're older and we're like, well, why did I do that? You know, why did I follow the rules and go get a degree or get this degree or do that? And it's like, you know, most of us, when we look back, like I could say that about some of the things I've done, but I wouldn't change a thing. You know, the education I got or the experiences I got have been really valuable for me. And so I just take it as part of my journey and that this is, as I've learned over time and through the podcast and through my interviews and research, this idea of like seeing it as a series of adventures as opposed to, 
you know, keeping ourselves so locked in or, you know, making ourselves feel bad about some of our past choices. It's all just a learning journey. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to pick apart what you said earlier that just remember when you said during the pandemic a lot of people said I'm over my ambition um, but I also realized that a lot of people who suffer from like burnout or whatever right and they say I'm over my ambition or I'm over it and um, it's almost like a swinging of the pendulum from extreme left to extreme right or vice versa but actually when you talk to people who were burnt out and you you really talk to them, they are still ambitious. They still are striving to achieve things, but somehow they got to, the, they're burnt out, you're right? So it's not so much the that the ambitious part of us has disappeared or is gone. Do we really burn out from ambition? I guess is my question. <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I... Here's how I'd answer that. I think the term burnout um, can get misused in some respects. And I don't say that to minimize it at all. It's just the only reason I say this is because of the research I've done around some of the technical terms around burnout. And when you start to unpack some of the research about burnout, it's often tied to kind of workplace norms, um, things that you can't always control there, toxic work environments, things of that nature. Now, so sometimes we can say burnout when we're overwhelmed or when we have, like you're saying, our energy is fully depleted. So I, you know, sometimes I get tripped up because I'm kind of like, hmm, are we misusing the term burnout? And the only reason I say that, Lou, is because of what you just asked, which is like, is it that we're not ambitious? And so I don't think that's the case. So another way to think about burnout, I, I, I reference, um, Yo-Yo Ma around this. So in listening to an interview with him, I think on the Adam Grant, on Adam Grant's podcast, Yo-Yo Ma shared how earlier in his career, and it was around the time I think that he had his first um, child, he shared how he got burnt out. <laughs> he just very simply said, try to avoid it if you possibly can, because it's just terrible. Like, and it takes forever to recover. And, you know, and what he talked about was really in his definition, it's burnout can be caused by just overuse and overuse of doing the same thing and over and over. So I do think what's challenging about those of us who are ambitious and why this is something that needs to be, and this is why I kind of like the term sustainable ambition, is that it's very easy for those of us who are ambitious. Many of us tend to be, we want to do a lot, we want to achieve a lot, and we are often hard workers. And so what I think we need to be careful about is being discerning about that hard work and how do we sustain ourselves through it so that we don't get to burn out. So it's almost like what Yo-Yo Ma was saying, like, how do we avoid overuse, essentially, or doing too much of that good thing, right? And along those lines, I mean, I know we're, we're looking or we have started this conversation with the context of careers as the lens with which we're looking at ambition. But one of the other things that I appreciate about, uh, your, your work in the, the podcast is the many different angles by which you and your guests talk about ambition is that we can be ambitious about other parts of our lives. So it's not just being ambitious about our careers, which has the Wall Street sort of greed type thing sometimes, but we could be ambitious about our parenting 
ways we can be ambitious. We could be ambitious about so many other parts of our lives. Um, we could be ambitious about our health or like, you know, if we're trying to improve our health or our mental health, right? Am I, am I getting that right? Absolutely. And I appreciate that you're bringing this up. I, I think if we could open our lens around what ambition can be applied to and allow mm-hmm. ourselves to almost acknowledge that, I think it could help reduce people's angst also around, yeah. you know, sometimes they think they've stepped back or they've, you know, reduced their ambition, but it's not the case. It's actually that they've just shifted their ambition and their focus towards something else and they're fitting something else in. So to your point, it's being ambitious about how they want to parent or about mm-hmm. how they want to raise a family. Um, it could be, you know, other external things outside of work. I mean, I've always been ambitious about my work, but I have to say the majority of the time that I've been working over my 25 plus year career, I have had things outside of work that I am ambitious about. And frankly, those things have been the things that have often sustained me. And so, you know, I, I really advocate that, you know, I think opening our lens up to in our dialogue around what ambition is can help free people to to create a more healthy relationship with ambition. Yeah, I really love that. And, and to, to tie that to a lot of my uh, listeners are midlifers, Kathy. And so a lot of them um, are talking about this this stage in their lives, um, whether they're in mid-career or starting to think about retirement or just midlife in general. And, and I'm hearing their ambition about how they want to be in retirement or how they want to be uh, in the second half of their lives. And so they, I could hear a lot of drive there and ambition that has nothing to do with careers, which is also very healthy. I mean, a lot of them are actually talking about how ambitious they are about improving their health as they go into the second half of their life. So that's actually all healthy, I think. I would agree with that. I think that it aligns with how I think about sustainable ambition and really about aligning with who are you now and what's important Mm -hmm. to you now and how do you want, what's going to be meaningful and motivating to you in this moment, what's Mm -hmm. important in your life now and what do you want to focus on and put attention on and put your, where do you want to put your effort? How do you want to manage your effort against those things as well? And people that I have talked to as well around second stage, I think are very aware. They're almost more aware <laughs> about mm-hmm. sustaining themselves, frankly, mm-hmm. and ma- in making sure that they have the energy to do what they want to continue to do in life. Um, so that's been really interesting as well. I almost think that the younger generations, we just think we can push, 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 you know, right. and yet I think, you know, when one is a little bit older and they start to recognize that they do really have to take care of themselves in order to be able to sustain the effort they put against their ambitions, they have that awareness now. So mm-hmm. I think those of, uh, you know, uh, our younger ages, we could take a little bit of some lessons from that. Yes, exactly. Hey, just a quick break from my chat with Kathy. I wanted to invite you to check out Midlife Cues. If the topic of living a more fulfilling and happier life in our middle age interests you, then I invite you to subscribe to Midlife Cues, a weekly newsletter that I write for midlifers who aren't done getting better and who believe that they are always works in progress. Because we are. 
Live Cues offer bite-sized ideas, information, and resources for intentional living and personal growth. Check it out at midlifecues.com. That's midlife, C-U-E-S, one word, dot com. Okie dokie, let's get back to Kathy. I know that you've spoken with several people who have pivoted or like they've retired from one career and moved on to the next. And there's a theme, I think, and wondering whether, you know, what you thought about about these conversations, that there is a uh, evolution or maturation about how people consider their ambitions or how they're going about it. Can you talk a little bit about some of your observations, you know, themes coming out of your conversations with people? And sure. also your own, if if your own sort of perspective of, of ambition has changed over the years. Well, the first one is that ambition, I think, and from what I hear from people, it's not about time. It's not an age thing, right? That people mm. later in their lives, as you're saying from your own people in your community are sharing with you, they're mm. still ambitious, right? And so it's, it's, I think sometimes people think that as people get older, they just disengage or they have no ambitions. And I just don't know that that's Ooh, true, yes, nor yeah. that one's capabilities, you know, decline either. I kind of take exception with, um, I'm going to get his name wrong now, um, but the book Strength to Strength. Um, <laughs> Arthur C. Brooks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So um, I, I, some of the book I agree with, some of it I just, I, mm-hmm. I take some exception with. Um, so that's one is just that I don't think we need to be you know, held back from a time perspective or to think that we need, you know, we can't continue to be ambitious. Um, the second is that it's not, and this one might not be surprising, but it's not about things and external measures of success. So I think mm. people start to often evolve. And this is where I kind of point people to, to is to be more internally dri- driven and defining success on one's own. And mm. oftentimes that means people are looking to be more purpose driven or they start to look at like, well, what's the legacy I want to leave? Sometimes those are weighty terms. So I often just talk about it as like this idea of, well, what do you want to give and what do you want to contribute, right? What kind of impact do you want to have on the world? And I think that that's just a lot more accessible to people, but that's certainly a shift that I hear. And I will just say around this, this whole shift from like external to internal, I will say just honestly, there is a tension there, right? We do still have to operate in this externally driven world, right? And fit into the structures for better or worse that exist. But it's how do we align ourselves and stay true to who we are within those structures. And then the final thing I'll share is just around intentionality. So I often hear from people that you know, both in terms of their own, you know, exploration that they themselves start to have this awareness and this aha of like, oh, as they step into defining it for themselves, how am I going to be more intentional about this? And, you know, how do they want to start to really craft their life for themselves and what and what and where they find meaning and and how they want to define success, success for themselves. So just this idea of intentionality, I think, is important as opposed to kind of leaving it to chance and just doing what society says to do. Personal question, Kathy, do you did you gravitate towards working on sustainable ambition because of your own experiences or your family's experiences? Or this was just really a topic that was interesting to you or or is it because of your own evolution or maturation of 
your your own relationship with the word, basically. So this was definitely driven by my own experience. And I think what's been really interesting about it, Lou, is that as I've stepped more and more into exploring this, I've recognized my own journey with this work from Mm. a young adult. And so the part of the exploration really started with my own journey around just kind of navigating my career over time. And yet, if I look back, there's been these various seeds along the way where I can see a path of exploration around this all the way back to college, where I really started to ask these questions around do I draw, go for the thing that's externally driven or am I listening mm. to myself? Right, also right. really being aware of like, where am I putting effort? How much effort do I want to put into things? Um, do I want to do this activity because it's going to be really demanding or do I want to do this activity? Can I do mm-hmm. all of it? How do I manage my effort over time? So it's really been a journey and me making choices um, over my adult life. And I can kind of now look back and kind of see how I've lived in a sustainable ambition way throughout my adult life. And yet it's not to say I've always gotten it right, right? Like these are, you know, I have burnt out and, um, and I still, you know, have to use some of the tools that I'm, you know, been creating around sustainable ambition to ground myself around Mm -hmm. finding fulfillment and satisfaction in what I'm doing to help myself navigate through a full period of time and make sure that I'm sustaining myself. Um, So this has definitely been a personal journey as well as um, a topic of interest for me. It's, It's interesting for me that in listening to you reflect on that, I hear a lot of deliberate choices and, and to use the word earlier intentionality. And I think that sometimes in service to our ambition and service to our goal is there's this knee jerk sort of reaction or creating of lists uh, as long as the arm without really considering if it's right for us or if it's, if it's really what's going to make us happy to, to, to use the word. You had actually, I think it was in a recent episode you talked about even considering the activities that you were doing on vacation, because we could be ambitious in the things that we want to do on vacation. I mean, I just came back from a trip and I suffered from this. That's one of the reasons why I appreciated that particular episode, because I was on a trip and I had a long list of things that I wanted to do on a trip. And of course, things happened you know, I fell sick, you know, a, 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 a trip got, you know, sideways or whatever, and another trip got planned or and so the original list of things I wanted to do, it didn't really happen. But I was happy because of all the other things that I ended up doing instead. And in there are the choices that I've had to make, the give and take. And that's why I appreciated that, that um, really the, the deliberate choice, the being self-aware, the stopping ourselves and to say, is this right for me now? Well, what I appreciate and what you're pulling through there too is to allow ourselves to change things when they should be changed or to allow (laughs) ourselves to let ourselves off the hook or to renegotiate what success, Mm. if you put in quotes, looks like. So, Mm. you know, I had to do this with some projects and you're saying like with your, you know, vacation, you had to do the same. It's kind of like, well, here was what I had intended to do, but given the circumstances and the reality, here's, I'm going to lower the bar essentially, (laughs) you know, and still have a lovely time as you're saying, but it's like, sometimes we have to 
It's okay. It's, you know, in in a work environment, it's easier to go back to your boss and kind of renegotiate with them, right? Like, hey, can we renegotiate what this deliverable needs to look like? Oftentimes, we don't even do that, and we should. But to renegotiate with yourself, it's a lot easier. But, you know, how can we let ourselves off the hook a little bit? Right. And also, I think there's some sort of... uh the way that we were brought up, I know speaking, you know, I'll personalize this, but lowering the bar, talking about lowering the bar, you know, in my younger years, I think my mom would have looked at me like, what are you talking about? You know, like, you can do this. You, you know, you are, you have the potential to hear, to be, you know, to do that. And if you push yourself, if you apply yourself, if you, you know, dance on your heels backwards, you know, whatever you can achieve. And so lowering the bar was kind of like a no-no. I can't even talk about it. And it's only through adulthood experiences, maturations that I finally allow myself to, to do that. Although I will be honest in saying lowering the bar is sometimes very difficult to admit. It is. It's very hard to do. And I can appreciate this. You're bringing up something that popped up as I was, we were talking about ambition earlier, which is just our achievement culture. And, Mm. you know, for many people, achievement actually is a value. So I don't, you know, I don't want to say that, oh, achievement is bad. Like many of us actually really get joy from checking things off or from achieving things. And so... (laughs) You know, but when it starts to go on hyperdrive or it's based on just societal norms or just like I'm supposed to or I should or, you know, um, and there, this also takes a dialing in because to your point, Lou, you know, we often can achieve more and research has shown this, right? When people actually say, I believe in you, go for it. You can stretch, right? And so we do need to be a little careful. And again, this is where the discernment and the intentionality. And for me, it's kind of more about being clear on like, where do you want to put in the hard work? Where does it matter for you to achieve? Um, and this is an area I'll admit, like this is an area that I really have to think about and practice and kind of say like, where am I willing to like lower the bar? I sometimes give the example of just making dinner and use that because people can like, it, it seems to resonate, which is, you know, you have a choice every time you make dinner, which is, do you want it to be a gourmet meal? Or is it, you know, something that's just an everyday weeknight meal, or you're hosting a dinner party? I mean, I should have done that in a different order. Or is it just like, you know what, it's cheese and an apple tonight, you know, like, you know, that's dinner, right. check, you know, so right. how can we allow ourselves to like that, that, let that dial, you know, go up and down when it matters for us and when we can, you know, allow ourselves off the hook a little bit? It's something that you said, there is research that says that we do do better when we receive encouragement, right? And so that is a fact. And so turning the tables around and I will fumble here because I'm still formulating my thoughts, but turning the tables around and being the person who's giving encouragement to someone, like, is there a way for me to be encouraging at the same time, honor the sustainable ambition sort of context one, but then also I hear this sadly among kids or young adults of retired parents where they are encouraging their parents to like slow down and and it's you know it's almost like tamping down the ambition of their parents it's like slow down it's 
like so it's that balancing thing and i know i fumbled that question tremendously because it's not well thought out but do you have any thoughts about being on the other side of the table being the one encouraging to people who are to people's ambitions yeah i think this is a great question and um really thoughtful i you know there actually is research that also shows how community and having the right people around you to mm. support ambitions can um, really help us in achieving those things. And so where I'm going with that is that what I'm pulling through in, in part of your thread of it, you're asking, Lou, is almost like, how do I not unintentionally put pressure on people? And how do I actually support, you know, in a positive way? And so mm-hmm. I think where I'd personally go with that is to make sure to be rooting and what they want. So I think it's like mm. asking about, well, what are you wanting? And how would you define success for yourself around this? And, you know, what are you really yeah. wanting to achieve around this? Or what does good look like for you? You know, even if it's not success, but what does good look like? Like, what do you want to master around this or whatever it might be? But as long as it's more rooted around what they want, and not then, imposing our not own imposing. judgment and values. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And then how can I support you in that? Right. And then yeah. perhaps, you know, also giving them the confidence around pursuing that. Why do you believe in them in pursuing that specific thing that they're encouraged to go after? Right. This one, I'm just curious, um, you know, Kathy, because you are writing a book. And so I know you do a lot of research. And I don't know if you've looked into this, but do you find that, so on the one hand, our understanding and perspective attitude about ambition changes as we get older, as we experience more in life. But there, I also, I have a, a theory that also society, society's interpretation of and perspective around ambition has changed over the years. So, so like, regardless of people's age. So it's like how people perceived ambition or striving in the seventies or eighties versus how society, you know, today we perceive ambition or striving. Do you, do you find that as well in your work? You know, I, I haven't studied this in like a, a great deal or in the way that you might be like, you're triggering some thoughts as you're, as you ask that question in that way for mm-hmm. me. I do think our society has changed in terms mm-hmm. of, um, how we view success in quotes. And like, so therefore what people define as being ambitious and what they're striving for, I think has shifted. Uh, and so yes. I, I'll just give you an example. I live in Silicon Valley. I think people's perception of success is like being a tech entrepreneur and achieving success quickly, or just like our influencer society, oh, I can get rich quick and, you know, make a lot of money without a lot of effort, right, is people's perception. I think that that has shifted in terms Mm -hmm. of like perhaps how we define success or what we think and even how much we think we need for success. We live in such an abundant society today. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of call it the Walmart culture because we just have so much available to us, right? When I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't have so much available to us. So I think that there's that. Um, I will say, you know, the research that I've done around ambition, I, it's interesting. I think that the, academically, there's more research done around motivation than there is ambition. So I think that's kind of interesting. Do you find that there's a difference between the two? Well, technically, there is, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of academic kind of 
terminology, but honestly, when I'm like, when I'm unpacking ambition, I'm probably, I'm creating some of my own definitions, starting from the root of the definition from the dictionary. But I think how, you know, academia looks at ambition is a little bit more as a personality trait. I kind of use ambition, you know, even more as a noun and as, Uh and I kind of replace goals as ambitions as well. So I look at it on a couple of different levels. So I think motivation is absolutely tied to ambition, but if, you know, in the few academics that I've interviewed and talked to, you know, they see mm-hmm. it as definitely different. Um, so I, I, I do find that interesting. And mm-hmm. I, I will say that um, for those of us that I've talked to around ambition and some of us who are exploring this topic, and I think even your acknowledgement of kind of how I'm talking about it is that I do think that there's room for some redefinition around ambition. And I think that people are longing for it right now. Mm -hmm. And so I I think, as we've already talked about, the coming out of the pandemic or just the impact of the pandemic has made people rethink things and kind of question, you know, what do I want for my life? What do I want for my work? How do I start to redefine some ambitions within that context? Yeah. So we've mentioned your book several times, your upcoming book. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm excited about this upcoming book. Can you tell us what is this about, going to be about, and when about are we going to see it? Mm, good <laughs> questions. <laughs> so I'm writing a book for people who are ambitious, yet not at all costs, and mm-hmm. are trying to figure out how to prioritize and pursue their life and work ambitions in a sustainable way. And mm-hmm. so my core message is really around getting people to shift away from seeking this societal term called work-life balance, which I think is just an elusive goal. I just don't like that term because it sets an unrealistic expectation of kind of what reality looks like. And so um, instead to navigate the conflicts we can feel across our life and work ambitions, I point people to align the right ambitions at the right time with the right effort. So as I've kind of mentioned those terms already in today's conversation. So the book will really help people have a mindset and a method for helping them to su- to find success for their life and work on their terms, look at how they navigate life and work choices over time, um, and, and how to make it more sustainable for themselves. It's targeted for September of next year. 2024. 2024. Right. So keep your fingers yes. crossed. Writing a book is a long process. Oh, God. So we'll yes. <laughs> so in advance of that book, um, Kathy, if you wouldn't mind, a lot of uh, Second Breaks listeners are successful corporate career people. They're within a few years of retirement or just, you know, recently retired or pivoting to a new career. If you could have like one or two suggestions for them in terms of sustaining their drive, sustaining their ambition as they move into that next chapter of their lives, um, what might you suggest? So, yeah, a, a few things I'd like to share One is to start planting seeds now. So Mm -hmm. it takes time to figure out what's next. And so, you know, start to explore what you're curious about now and what you might want to consider and start to 
plant seeds, test some things, um, and, and learn into what that next path might be because it will take time. And mm-hmm. I think most people don't recognize that. They kind of think they're going to jump from one thing to the next. And again, it just, you need to give yourself some space to do that. I would say also think about really what you want for yourself and your life now. So to really think about what you want to shape and design. Another element is as you start to make the shift is to also be thoughtful about your own identity and to start to plan for this. How do you actually start to talk about yourself as you shift away from a corporate role and step into something new? This is something most people who I talk to who have made transitions or who have stepped away from corporate roles even when I took a sabbatical, you kind of get thrown off by these things and you're not quite sure, how do I talk about myself? And yet you are a human without work and or your corporate role. Um, it's not your whole identity. So, but to be thoughtful about that, I think is really important. And then the final thing I would just say is to also seek out and find community around this. And so, you know, there's so much research around the importance of community, uh, just on so many different levels that I'd encourage people as even as they're taking this journey to, to seek that out as well. Who are going to, who are you going to surround yourself with to support you? As I shared earlier, having those people that can support you and your ambitions is really important. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you. I appreciate this uh, conversation. I really loved it. One last question before I let you go. What gives you joy these days, Kathy? I love this question. So I will just say that I look for the small things, especially in this kind of conflict and crazy world we live in. Um, And one of the concepts that I kind of lean towards is um, Cheryl Strayed talks about this, this idea of agathism. She says it is this concept around or this doctrine that all things tend toward ultimate good. And so I tend to, this is why I like this joy question. Lou. So, um, so with all that said, I, I look for these small moments of joy, like a great cup of coffee, laughter, time with friends and family, being outside, and anytime I get a chance to learn, like in today's conversation with you. I want to thank Kathy Unetto for sharing her experiences and insight with us. You're going to find all the links to her website, her podcast, and social media, as well as resources that we've mentioned today on the show notes at secondbreaks.com. Thank you, my dear listener friend, for joining me today. I hope you found this episode useful. I'd love to hear what you thought about ambition and the topics that we discussed today. You can email me at lou at secondbreaks.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. Here's to a joyful and easeful week ahead. Cool beans. <laughs> <laughs>